This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Nah, I don't eat eggs. You don't eat eggs? No. Ever? No. Scrambled? No. A hard-boiled egg? No. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Patrick Mahomes, the magic show, is here in Oakland pulling the rabbit out of the hat and handing the rabbit to Travis Kelsey. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked out Bishop the age, and for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas. Everything happening in the sports world. Touchdown! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So you're more of a traditional Hark, Christmas Hark music. Hark the Herald player. Angels sing. I like that. Hark the Herald Angels oh, yeah. sing. Yeah, I like that. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM KBBE, or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner, joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, the one who kept insisting on the road at Bueller last night that we had to turn the heat up. (laughs) I don't need any more heat, I was sweating through those games last night, Mr. Steve Sell. What a fun night of basketball at Bueller. Could you get yourself to go to sleep last night? Because I couldn't. I was awake until like 3 a.m. just staring at the ceiling. I was asleep by 11.30. You're a lightweight, I guess. <laughs> you, you, I'm you, old. You, you've seen these games too many times, <laughs> back and forth. Oh, yeah. Energy all around the Jim Baker Fieldhouse and a fun, fun night of basketball. It's a lot more fun when you get to walk out of there with two wins, and it's a lot more fun of a car ride with Coach Kinnaman when you get to walk out of there with two wins. A relieved Coach Kinnaman after the game when he was talking with us on our post-game show because that was a game if McPherson on the boys' side would not have been able to find a way to win because they led by eight in the second half in the fourth quarter, had a chance to put it away. They let Bueller come back, let him take the lead, and then it came down to Max Alexander hitting a big three. The Bullpups then sealed the win at the free throw line and a 54-51 win. The girls, they made it a little easier on us with a running clock win. But what a fun night of basketball on the road at Bueller. Yeah, Jake Alexander making the big pass. You know, that's who you're looking for to take the shot. Everybody uh, surrounded him. He dished it to his cousin, Max. Max knocked it down. Game winner. The bus added a free throw there at the end to get the margin up to three. The big unit. Yeah, the big unit. And uh, uh, i tell you, when it was 46-38, I was feeling pretty good. Feeling real good. Yeah, feeling good because I said, all right, we're back. Kind of Bullpups are back on track. But then some kind of empty possessions, a couple of ill-advised decisions. Uh, this is a team that's still learning how to win. You got to remember, Jake Alexander and Cody Stufflebean are the two guys with the most minutes. And after that... Uh, as far as important minutes, the other guys really haven't played a lot of important minutes till this year. Fun win last night as the boys are now 1-3 and three on the season. And the thing that we continue to talk about and continue to point out is that last year, and really for about the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, McPherson teams on the boys' side do not have to win 
a lot of games like the boys did last night. Yeah. They do not play a lot of close games okay. because most of their wins, especially when you account for the league play where they have never lost the game, they are almost all by more than single digits. They win by 10 or more, a lot. But so far this year, through four games, they've played in three not only single-digit games where it was within 10 points, but within one possession. Both losses were by two. The win last night was by three. So already this year, they have played in three one-possession games. Last year, McPherson played in three one-possession games in 24. Three and four this year. And this team is going to have to win a lot of games like they did last night. And hopefully by the end of the year, it will be a little bit smoother looking and it won't be quite as stressful, but a win is a win, especially on the road at your rival. And one reason I think they are going to win a lot of close games or play a lot of close games is they simply don't make a lot of threes, and they don't take a lot of threes. No. I think they took, what, eight last night? Seven or eight? Yeah, two for eight. Two for eight last night. You know, the average for most teams is, you know, 15. Bueller took 26. Yeah, they took 26, but this is a team that just does not shoot the three and uh, they've, you know, really only about three guys really look to shoot the three. So, um, you know, those threes add up a lot faster than the twos. Remember last year, the Bullpups would make seven to 10 threes a game. Or they made 14 and one half against circle. Yeah. I mean, you know, but they just don't, uh, you know, Jake Alexander's probably the best three point shooter, but they got to have him inside. And then you got Hayes Schmid and Max Alexander. Those are really your three, three-point shooters because uh, Kinnaman doesn't really look to shoot. Hoppus doesn't look to shoot that much from three. Uh, they, they do more on drive. Seth Madron, uh, who really showed a lot of athleticism last night, he doesn't look to shoot the three. So this is a team that's going to have to grind it out. And another thing last night, Cody Stuffelbean, again, only six. He's five for six. He was 17 of 22 coming into the game. And uh, 22 of 28, I believe, now for the year, which is kind of – Almost Jonathan Coachman-like numbers. When Jonathan, oh, yeah. Jonathan Coachman was 29-34 to 34 to start his senior year at Mack High. I always like to go back to that, the coach. And uh, Cody Stubblebee, they've got to get him more shots. He had an advantage inside, but Coach Kinneman did say every time Cody seemed to get the ball, he got pounded. And they let him play last night. There's no doubt about that. And an interesting thing, two of the three referees are, are college students. That's why there is a very big shortage of high school officials right now when we're getting college kids doing our game that tells you there's a lot of good officials that have uh, gotten out of the game we knew that last night's game with Bueller could be a potential turning point in this season for the boys for the girls we had a pretty good feeling that it would go about the way that it did but for the boys we knew with a win it could turn this team in the right direction because they needed a win bad They lost the close one to Andover. They lose the close one to Derby. They had a chance against Andover Central, but that's a very good Jaguar team. But with Bueller, they knew with a win, starting off league play 1-0, you get that first win under your belt. You knew that it could get them going in the right direction to end this first semester. Then they start off the second semester, I believe, with Circle and Augusta. So getting them going in the right direction. But we also knew that a loss last night might have skewed some people's opinions to the exact opposite level. Because to start 0-4, and especially if they would have lost it the way they almost did last night, 
with having the lead late, not being able to finish, blowing a lead on the road at Bueller, snapping their now 25-game winning streak over the Crusaders. And 59 in a row, and now have won 60 in a row in Division Three play. That loss, if it would have happened, could have been devastating for oh, this team. no doubt. And for them to get that win last night, the way that it happened, I think is going to get this team going with positive momentum. I think there was a giant exhale. After the game last Steve night. Steve had this big sweat bead oh, on his forehead. I, no. And he had to take his hand and whew, and wipe it off. I, I didn't have to do that. Yeah, he was too cold. <laughs> I was freezing. <laughs> but that was a win that for a lot of teams, I think, can change the course of a season. And Bueller was a tough team to play. Man, that was a tough team. There wasn't any flow. To, they just kind of jacked it up from three. and then, But they play really hard. They're really young. They're very young. Now, I think when they come up here... Uh, they're going to struggle. But, you know, we said at halftime, they were 8 of 15 from 3 at halftime, and they ended up 11 of 26. Yeah, 3 of 11 in the same. You knew they, you know, some of their shots looked kind of crazy, but they were going in. On the opposite side of this, though, Steve, could you feel the energy in that gym of the Bueller fans on the boys' side thinking, oh, my gosh, we've got a chance to finally snap this streak. And and you could just see Ryan Swanson, you know, we Ryan Swanson played against the Bullpups when he was in high school at Hutch. And you could just see the life, you know, the blood drain out of his face after that game. It was like, we had that game. You know, we had that game. We were up six in the second half. We just couldn't finish. And it was a good thing for McPherson. And right. a fun night on the boys' side, a win that, man, they needed. Yeah. So now, as we continue to talk about finish, finishing the first semester strong, Winfield on Friday night, Wall of Fame night, going to be a lot of excitement. Coach Strath will be in the building then Dodge City next Thursday. Steve, let's talk a little bit more about the girls' game because we haven't really even talked about that at all. As they won 66-35, to that is the game that I think at the beginning of the season when we are drawing up a plan on what we think this season could be like, what the team will do box score-wise, who's going to lead the team in points, who's going to be second, where is everybody going to be? That game last night on the girls' side was about exactly what I thought at the beginning of the year this team would do. Lake and Schieferich led the scores with 14 points, 12 from Hannah Hageman, 10 from Grace Pyle, 10 from Riley Head, 6 from Emma Ruddle, 8 from Maggie Leaf, then a couple others with 2. I think if you look at this box score and you take a picture and show it to Coach Strathman and say, is this about what you think it would have been? I think his answer would have been yes, because that was their perfect game plan. Yeah, we, we know this team is balanced, and, and I had no doubt going into this game this was going to be a runaway. I just knew the Bullpups' athleticism. You know, looking back at last year, Bueller, looking who they had back, they couldn't handle the pressure last year. And if anything, the Bullpups seem to be maybe, and this is hard to believe, but more athletic this year on defense, I yeah. think, because they're really quick. But Lake and Schieferich really is – the constant on this basketball team. She is so solid. She is so under control. She just doesn't make many mistakes. And then you got the athletes. You've got Emma Ruddle. You got Grace Pyle. You got Riley Hett. They're very athletic. And then inside, Hannah Hageman has really been solid for the Bullpups. Ton of rebounds. Yeah, ton of rebounds. Maggie Leaf did what Maggie Leaf does. She only takes good shots. Hit four out of five last night. You know, you got, we got to get, you know, Andrea Sweat and Cassie Cooks. They're going to get going here pretty quick. Andrea coming back from an injury. Cassie's been having some foul trouble. But, I mean, she made some really nice plays last night. 
Bullpups have got to get some stuff inside, though, because they can't live and die by the three, though. They shot the three a little better last night. We need to coin a nickname for this McPherson girls pressure that they put on teams. And I alluded to it a little bit during the game broadcast last night with talking about my guy, Nolan Richardson, and the late 80s, early 90s Arkansas Razorbacks in there. 40 minutes of hell defense. Yeah. Full court pressure, not letting up, tiring other teams out. And the thing with this type of a full court pressure and that style of play is not necessarily to force all these turnovers all the time. That's not always the goal. Forcing turnovers is great, but the goal with this style of play is to speed teams up. Right. And by speeding them up, they will make some more turnovers. Sometimes you're going to give up some three-on-two baskets to the other end, but the main goal, and the thing that we saw last night, it happened a little earlier than it normally happens with some other teams, is wearing your opponent out. Forcing them to play at such a fast pace, up and down the floor, over and over and over again without a break, where we got to the end of the second quarter, and Bueller was gassed. They were making bad passes, the Bullpups had them right where they wanted them, and then you look up at the scoreboard and you went, wow, that was a crazy first half. And Beeler scored two points in the second quarter. Yeah, and you know they were throwing the ball all over the place and taking shots out of their rhythm. They were getting nothing off their sets. You're going to give up some baskets with this style, right? I mean, you will. You know, we gave up a couple two on ones. Uh, the Hutton girl, I think, had like three laps. And there was a stretch where about six times in a row down the floor they threw a baseball pass over the top, had a two on one, and they would get a good look at the rim. But then McPherson would immediately get the ball, race right back down the floor, score, and then say, all right, inbound, do it again. Yeah. And by the end of them doing that, they were all grabbing the bottom of their shorts and going, <gasps> Yeah, they were very exa- very exhausting. That was a long, long and, stretch. And then, of course, when Bueller had to go to its bench and McPherson went to the bench, the Bullpups, with their tremendous depth, they really took over the game. So, uh, good win for the girls. It went just like I thought. You know, we saw somewhere where – some sports writer, area sports writer, picked our girls to lose, which I found obviously didn't pay much attention to what happened last year and what the teams had back. So uh, well, maybe... Steve's never missed a prediction before. Oh, no, I've never missed now, a prediction. Now, Fearless, he misses some. Fearless. He but... misses a ton. Well, Fearless should be fired. <laughs> yeah, Steve, I've never seen him miss a prediction. Yeah, Fearless should be fired, though. But we felt pretty confident going over to Bueller last night that McPherson girls would take care of business. And it was a very successful night because it was a 6-0 and night. And any time you get a 6-0 and night, you get to feel pretty good. Glad the Fighting Falls got their... Yeah, uh, Treg's night. team, the freshman boys, they got a win. Yeah, good to see the that. The McPherson girls the, on the freshman side, they had a win. Young Brett Doyle with the big three. Big three, yeah, hit a big three. And then uh, Lauren Labertu put the game away. Um they that was we we watched pretty much all that game and and Bueller has some nice young players but uh, McPherson made the plays there at the end. Fun night last night for Bullpup basketball. We know that Friday night coming up they will have Winfield at home and of course that will be a very tough game on both sides. Well, it'll be a very emotional night for both these teams. We hope to have Coach Strath back in the building. We also hope to have him on the show at some point this week and talk a little bit about what has been going on for him, some of the events on Friday night. And a kudos to Bueller. Uh, they had T-shirts in honor of Coach Strathman last night. So uh, real class act over there at Bueller. Brittany Warner does a great job with that team. Steve, let's take a break. When we come back, 
there was some news that released today. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Oh, okay. and it could have a big impact on tomorrow night's Chiefs Chargers game. Oh, I thought it was going to be news about me. Well, oh, all <laughs> that fact, news, me. all that news was on the back page of the newspaper today, and TMZ picked it up as well. Okay. All right, we'll step aside. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, ninety-six point seven FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, did you know that this song is called The Loco Motion? Yes. Not The Locomotion. I know. Not like The Train. I didn't know that. This is right up your alley, though. Oh, yeah. What year do you think this song came out? The Loco hyphen motion. It's Little Eva, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I'd say You're a big fan of Little Eva. Probably uh, 62. Steve sits in the back office all day and goes... That was actually him whistling, so that was pretty good. That wasn't me. <laughs> I can't whistle. Little Eva. Little Eva, little Eva, little Steva. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Steve. The big news that has been subtly dropping all day today. The Chiefs have not made a formal announcement of any means, but in regards to number 29, Eric Berry, they dropped a video today, released it to the public, a little pump-up for the Chargers game. And there was one key figure of this video, a lot. And him running through the tunnel in the pregame to get introduced. They haven't said anything about Eric Berry playing, starting, doing anything in this game. But I think there is a subtle message that wasn't really very subtle in this video that makes me believe Eric Berry is going to start tomorrow night for the Chiefs. And even if... He's not full strength, even if he's still a little rusty after not playing at all this year and not much of last year. Even if they can put a helmet on his head, stick him out there on third downs and cover a tight end against Phillip Rivers and the Chargers, I think he could make a pretty big impact tomorrow night. And just his presence being in a uniform might make Arrowhead Stadium erupt. I, I have no doubt about that. Uh, his presence, I mean, a, a 75% Eric Berry is probably better than 100% Eric Murray. Is, is Eric Murray the safety? I think it's Eric Murray the safety, or is it Aaron Murray? Eric Murray, I think. Uh, Aaron Eric, Murray was the quarterback. Yeah. Eric Berry, you know, let's face it, even if he plays, he's not the Eric Berry we remember, but he's just a so, he'll be a solid player, big hitter on defense, I'd like to see the very first play that San Diego runs if he's starting. Los Angeles. Whatever. And tied in over the middle, Eric Berry ripping the ball out, causing a fumble, something like that. I'd like to see that happen. I was listening to somebody talk about this. I don't remember who it was. And they were throwing out this theory that Eric Berry might know a little more than we do in terms of his body and might be sitting around thinking, I don't have a whole lot of games left in me before I fall apart. Yeah. 
and that he wants to preserve them and make sure that he's playing in the right games. Whether that means coming back for the playoffs, whether that means playing in Thursday night's game against the Chargers, or whatever it might mean, do you think there's a chance that he might be about done with his career? Oh, I think he's in the Rob Gronkowski mold. I I think he'll play this year, and he may just step away from the game. It wouldn't surprise me. He's, what, 29, 30? You know, in, in, in football anymore, you get to 30, and you're really on the very downside of your career. You don't see many players in the NFL now, 34, 35, unless they're quarterbacks. Unless they're Big Tom. 41. Big Ben. Yeah. Phyllis. That's what I'm saying, though. Quarterbacks, right. you know, they don't get, you know, they don't get hit as much. They have Eric Berry at 29 years old and 348 days. And his, so he is barely on the good side of 30. Yeah. So his body and his body's got a lot of miles on it. He's made a lot of big hits. He's had a lot of, and he also he's a cancer survivor. That's right. He had cancer, I believe. You are correct. Okay. Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. As he says, he has survived that was the comeback player of the year in the NFL. And tore his ACL last year. And, well, Achilles, I think. Achilles, yeah. Five-time pro bowler, three-time all-pro. Did you know this nickname for him? The Fifth Dimension? No. I've never heard that one. No. I remember his days at Tennessee when he was having a really good, I guess probably junior year, and he was kind of in the running for a Heisman as a defensive player, which is still very rare. And some people put out a song for him. Eric Berry, Eric Berry. Did he, did he play against Arkansas? I don't know if he did play against Arkansas I'm sure in that he, stretch. I'm sure they won if he did. Because, our, well, he might have been on the team that Arkansas had in when they played him in 2006, and Arkansas hosted them on college game day and kicked their butt at Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. There you go. He might have been on that team, but I don't think he was. Okay. But... Arkansas would have for sure won. I mean, you know that. <laughs> Great program. Oh, yeah. Well, that's two mentions for them today. There you go. Well, that's your team. Do you think, as we get closer to the Chiefs and the Chargers coming up tomorrow night, do you still think you're afraid of Phillip Rivers a little bit? Yes. What is it about Phillip, Phyllis, that scares you? Keenan Allen. getting the ball. Keenan to, Allen is very scary. Getting the ball to Keenan Allen. If Melvin Gordon plays... That run defense is still, you know, for as good as Kansas City's record is, they're still giving up five yards a carry. And Melvin Gordon is one of the best backs in the NFL. I think they held him out last week just because they knew that he could just tear up the Chiefs this week. Let's play a little what if, a little game of what if, Steve. So when it comes to this matchup tomorrow night, Chiefs and the Chargers, the two best records in the AFC. So let's play what if the Chiefs win this game. Well, then we know they will lock up a first-round bye. Right. We don't know if they'll be the one seed yet. They almost certainly will be, but they won't have it locked up yet. They will have won the AFC West because the Chargers will not be able to overcome them. The Chiefs would have two wins over the, over the Chargers, and even if they lost the last two games of the season, they'd have a better division record. Right, they so have the tiebreakers. They hold all the tiebreakers over the Chargers if they win. So that is the what if. They would have a first-round bye, would be either the one or the two seed, which means playing either one of the other division winners or somebody out of the wild card. But let's play the what-if game if they don't win. So that would put the Chiefs to 11-3. and three. The Chargers would also jump to 11-3. and three. The Chargers would be 3-2 and two in the division with still the Broncos to play, 
and the Chiefs would be 4-1 and one in the division. With the Raiders still to play. Right. So the Chiefs would still hold the tiebreaker in terms of division record. And that's the second tiebreaker. And so then, as long as they beat the Raiders and ended up with the same record, given that the Chiefs don't lose twice. Now, if the Chiefs lost the final two games of the season to the Seahawks and the Raiders, and the Chargers won out, or just won one of the two, then they would jump them. I think they lose to Seattle. You do? I do. Seattle looked really good on Monday night. Their defense is tremendous. Or was it just that Case Keenum looked really bad? And they also run the ball tremendously well. They have the perfect recipe to play the Chiefs. And especially if the Chiefs beat the Chargers, you talk about a letdown game. That Seattle game could be a stinker. I've heard some theories, too, that there might be a chance that the Chiefs would want to rest players at Seattle and give them that week off if they beat the Chargers and have everything pretty much locked up. Rest your important guys against the Seahawks because the Seahawks still have something to play for. Then play Week 17 mm-hmm. because then you know you have a bye in the Week 18 week. Right. or the first round of the playoffs. I've heard some theories of that, but this Chargers game, if the Chiefs can win with authority and make this team look like they did with the Bengals, make them look like the Steelers whenever they diced them up earlier this year, make them look like Jacksonville, if the Chiefs can find a way to win with authority on Thursday night football in the matchup of the two teams with the best records in the AFC, I think it would leave the Patriots, whoever else is left, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Texans, the Colts if they're lingering around, they would leave the rest of the AFC going, oh boy, yeah, we've got to go through Arrowhead in a playoff game to and, keep going. And the only two teams that probably wouldn't be afraid of that is Pittsburgh and New England. Pittsburgh's got some work to do to even Get make there. the playoffs. I think, but they've got I mean, the, they should. They have the Patriots this week, don't they? Pittsburgh's schedule for the final three games where they have a half-game lead in their division, they play the Patriots at home, at the Saints, and then the Bengals at home. Okay. So they could very easily go one and two. Yeah. In that stretch, if Baltimore wins out, Pittsburgh won't win the division if they go one and, and two. And Baltimore's got San Diego, I believe, next week, though. And then they close. San Diego closes with Denver, if I remember right. It's going to be a little bit of mayhem in that wild card slot in the AFC North, whoever's going to win that division. And then whoever comes out of, whether it's the Chargers or the Chiefs in the wild card, you've got the Indianapolis Colts lingering around. The Ravens might win their division. I think the Dolphins are a, they're on the fringe of being out of contention, but they're still lingering around somehow. This game on Thursday night, it holds the key for what will happen for the it's, rest of this year yeah, for the it really Chiefs. Does. It and really I would does. love to see them wear the all-red uniforms, give Phillip Rivers his worst day ever part two, and maybe expose the Chargers for being a fraud. At least I hope so. Here's another worst-case scenario, Steve. Chiefs beat the Chargers, so the Chargers drop into the wild card spot. Chargers are the five seed because they would have the best record right. coming out of that. Then Chiefs as the one seed. Chargers beat the four. Whoever the three is, they win. So that would mean the Chargers as the five come back to Kansas City, a team they've already played twice, and the Chiefs have to beat them again. Oof. I think that's a that's a bad scenario that, right that's there. That's not a good scenario. 
All right, we'll take one more break. Back after this, you're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, what are your final thoughts as we get ready for one more game day tomorrow for the Chiefs? We'll talk about it a little bit more tomorrow, but... You still are nervous. I am. You're ner- still nervous. Keenan Allen just wears out the Chiefs. And Antonio Gates, I mean, how many games has he played against the Chiefs? Probably about 30. 515. He's played a bunch. But uh, Keenan Allen's the guy that really scares me. Phillip Rivers, he's got that quick release. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game. Plus, it's not going to be, from weather-wise, it's not going to be a favor for the Chiefs because it's not supposed to be that cold. They need that. Midwest weather and the California team to go out back into the Midwest and be a little cold. But I always like on the Thursday night game, the home team I always feel has just a huge advantage. They do because they don't have to travel. That's right. Have you ever heard them talk about Philip Rivers and how he still lives in San Diego? Yeah, he drives it. Well, I don't think he drives. Somebody has a car that drives him that's got satellite TVs and yeah. he's able to watch film and yeah. he's got one of his. 13 kids maybe in the back seat with them. Yeah. I hope they beat that guy so bad. <laughs> I can't stand him. I, I know I know he's had a decent career and has all these yards because he's, he's really, behind in every single he's had, game. He's had and, a really good uh, year this year, though. But I just don't ever want that guy to be a Hall of Famer. He's never won anything. No. They he's made it to the ne- AFC Championship game as a rookie the, or second year guy. He's never played the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't want that guy to be in the Hall of Fame. He's no Dan Fouts. Oh, No. I'm just glad he's not on the call. Yeah. I feel like every Chargers-Chiefs game, they get Ian Eagle, Dan Fouts. Ian Eagle. I like Ian Eagle. I don't. Dan Fouts is not my favorite. Bad hair for Ian Eagle. Ian Eagle. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve. Tomorrow on the show, we'll preview some of the Chiefs. We'll talk a little more bullpup basketball as they get ready for the Winfield Vikings. Friday on the show, we, have, we hope to have Coach Strathman on to give us an update on everything that's been going on with him, all the festivities going on on Friday night. Bulldog basketball, McPherson College taking on Bethany tonight. Yeah, we're going to head up Up there. in the Borg. Yeah, we're heading up there. We'll have to see what Mogey has to say. Duck. Oh, well, I, the duck will be on it. You bet. All right, Steve, wrapping up today's show. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Next Tech Wireless and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.